From Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to the crew mess. Thanks for being with us today. We are joined by uh, Zana and Mark from Temple Magazine. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. Thank you very much for being with us. Now, Temple Magazine, you guys are based in Malta and you produce a very, very nice quality magazine. Tell us a little bit, before we get to the magazine, a little bit about yourselves. How come How come you're in Malta? And then let's talk about the magazine. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, my relationship with Malta goes back um, nearly, well, 50 years, let's say. My grandparents bought a house over in the Maltese Islands back in the middle of the 60s, and then it became our regular holiday home as a family for years and years and years. And over that time and period, I just fell in love with the Malta, with the people, the island, the culture, the heritage, and one day just wanted to live here. Fast forward uh, another 40 years, and I met Mark. Um, you must have seen a huge amount of change in, in, that for, in that period of time. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, in those days, they used to run goats down the middle of the road, and you used to have bread delivered in baskets up to your windows, and it was there wasn't very much traffic, and mm. very different to today, yes. But anyway, so I met Mark, and we married, and I brought you over here, and I said, just look at Malta, and what do you think? And I did, yeah, came over, um, and within an hour of stepping off the aeroplane, that was it, sold, good line and sinker, need to stay here in Malta. So we need to work out how we do it. So we have to do something to make it in order for us to stay. And over time, we met well, lots of people, but one particularly, one particular person who had the same way of thinking of us is that when people come to Malta, they so often go back and say, "Ah, oh, no, I didn't really find very much," that, you know, and all of that. But so we said, "Hang on a minute. There's an important need here for somewhere for the discerned traveller to access information where they can." discover and experience the very best of the Maltese islands. And from that idea, Temple was born. Ah, so that's how you came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. It's funny how bumping um, into somebody <laughs> and suddenly your life changes, huh? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, but I mean, the, I mean, Temple Magazine, the, the whole idea was to encompass all the good experiences and the brands in one place. Yeah, what it was. Yes, well, the, the high-end part of Malta, it was almost, uh, it, it wasn't a secret, but it was hard to find. Um, so we needed somewhere to put all these hard to find entertainment, luxury products. So that became the birth of Temple Magazine. And that obviously the magazine had to be high end. There was no high end print of Temple level in the island at that time, uh, in print or online. So it basically became the sort of glue or the foundation of, you know, representing luxury for the Maltese islands. Um, and, and on many scales, you know, for residents, for also people um, visiting, where they can go, uh, what they can do. I mean, it, it's kind of a broad base for, for Malta as well on the luxury sector. Yeah, I mean, if you like, Temple's the embodiment of upscale modern living in Malta. It sounds like a bit of a mouthful, but that's what we sort of position it as. So anyone who lives here, who's coming to visit, anyone who wants to come and do business here, it really brings together all the best of the best in Malta. And you can pick it up and read it. I mean, obviously, Temple in itself is a beautiful publication. It's uh, nearly 200 pages of thick, glossy print, and it has lots of interesting interviews mm. with well-known personalities it's, it's and business kind of leaders, entrepreneurs. 
It's it's more of a coffee table type publication than the doctor's waiting room type publication. It is, yes, yeah. yes. It is. I mean, a lot of people do have the have Temple magazine. Sometimes I would take two of them because they want to put one on the shelf and one to read, which is very nice. And, <laughs> and because of the content of Temple magazine, we're trying to keep it timeless, so it doesn't really go out of date. And um, which brings on to every time a new publication comes out, people want to have the back copies as well. Mm. So it's a, sort of a documental uh, lifestyle, and we only publish twice a year to keep it unique. Mm-hmm. And how big a team do you have? Is it just both of you, or do you have a team of people working with you? Well, there's three partners in the company. There's Joe Sett, uh, Zana, and myself. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much is the team. We outsource our work to writers and photographers and a designer. But there's many three people in the business. Mm-hmm. So we take care of everything from concept, interviews, pretty much design. What well, we do, design all the pages, yep. flat plan it yep. out, distribute plan. it. We do everything. And as Mark just said, just source out some pieces. Yes. So, so it is everything, and it's even down to distribution. I mean, when we first started, I was pulling a trolley of magazines with a central valetta, <laughs> trying to look smart in a pair of brogues, slipping down the street. But it's, it's just another story, but I learned my lesson there. Because yeah. each magazine, it weighs 1.2 kilos. So you imagine a few boxes of those, it's going to be a good workout. Uh, yeah. That really wow. is going to be, and especially in the heat. And I believe um, you also distribute it. I mean, of course, for people who are in Malta, they'll be able to find it. But you do distribute it globally as well to embassies and, and places like that around the world. We sure do. Yeah. I mean, we take it out to the States, by all the Americas, in fact, India, Japan, Dubai, and most of Europe. It has an international standing. A lot of your mag- the magazine that I've seen, I've had a look at the magazine and it covers food and luxury brands but also a lot in in it about sailing obviously malta is is well known in the super yacht world for a place as a destination and also registering boats etc can you tell me a little bit more about that and 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 the, the yachting side of it Malta, we're very lucky here. We're slap bang in the middle of the, the sea here, um, right in the middle of the Mediterranean. And you mentioned about um, registering yachts here. Um, a lot of people register yachts here that don't necessarily come to Malta. So we wanted to push Malta on a high level across the world. So there's a reason, there is a reason to step off a yacht and go and see Malta for what it is. It's encased in history. And we have a large number of super yachts berthed here in the summer and in the winter. We're, you know, Malta's a, a, it's a passion of the Maltese to sail. Uh, we're only small islands and we have a beautiful coastline. And over many, many years, we've had loads of visiting ships. I mean, uh, did you say we have the Grand Harbour here in Valletta, which is one of the deepest natural harbours in the world. So it can accommodate and does accommodate uh, many beautiful super yachts passing through. I think many, many Maltese have boats. It's the go to for your holiday I guess or for a weekend bit, bit of fun so yeah it, it's a massive part of the Maltese life is the water and sailing on it and presumably as well there's some lovely marinas dotted around that people can kind of go to yeah there are many I mean there are particularly a lot around Valletta and the Grand Harbour um, mm. but I think we birth here thousands of boats we do i mean we we're based up in malia here and it's the first time we've seen a, a number of boats in the in the bay here we haven't really seen that many before yeah. 
for some reasons, a lot of a lot of bike boats are moored here in uh, Valletta. Yeah, we well, have hundreds, thousands pass through every year, as Mark just said, because we're sort of right in the middle of the Mediterranean, linking east and west. And we, you know, I think coming back to Temple, we do support the sailing fraternity to a large degree. We work very closely with the um, Royal Malta Yacht Club, and we get involved with other sailing events. For example, the Rolex Middle Sea Race, which happens every year here at the end of October which is a massive international yacht race mm-hmm. with people coming from Australia, Russia, America, South Africa. It's yeah. a it's a really amazing meeting. Yeah, on the start day, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. Mm-hmm. When's that on? Last week of October, generally. Yeah. It fills into that time. So, uh, And, of course, the seas here in Malta are beautiful still at that time. You can get the odd wind or whatever, which makes the race very exciting because mm-hmm. if it's... They sail out of Malta, up around Sicily, out towards Lampedusa, and then back round under the island and then in. And, of course, you can get many different weather systems as you go through the top of uh, Sicily and you go past Stromboli, which is a volcanic island, and sometimes that's erupting. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's an international well-known race. Also, I mean, not only do you get a huge volume of superyachts coming through, but economically Malta is actually very competitive as a place to birth or register your yacht as well yeah I mean I think it's as far as we know it's one of the cheapest but it is and not only that but one of the least expensive that's a a better way of putting it (laughs) (laughs) one of the least scandalous (laughs) that's it (laughs) moving on (laughs) yeah no one other thing to say I mean I think I, I don't ask me any detailed questions about it, but the VAT is there's a nice deal with that here as well when you buy a yacht, something to do with chartering it out as well. And then one other thing to think about is, apart from all the brilliant services, we have loads of chandeliers here and whatever, but uh, we have one of the biggest and well, best supplied dry docks too. In yes, we do. Yeah. So you, yeah. we get all the boats coming over from the Caribbean for their winter winter service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not just a great destination for sailing and culture, but also as a, a winter refit. Yes. But you know, just going back to the magazine, because uh, you know, the, the more I think about it, the more it kind of encompasses. It's uh, the, the culinary, the, the cuisine, and, and from the art side. But Malta as a, as, as a cultural center. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, this year, it's the first time some of the Malta restaurants have been now going into the Michelin Guide with plates as well. So that's a really good thing for Malta. I think, um, yeah, we we talk about the culture as general. I mean, our food, our wine is exceptional. I mean, you you come here and you expect to eat beautiful Mediterranean cuisine, which you get. But they have their own national dishes as well, which tourists and visitors love to get into. So rabbit being one. Yeah, we're one of the national dishes that's like the rabbit here. Um, can be found all year round. Sea urchin dishes as well. Delicious. Uh, and lampuki. Lampuki is a fish. <laughs> I was going to say, what is lampuki? <laughs> it's fish. It's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> would you like it's to... It's a very it's, ugly fish. Would you like to explain that? It's, it's a very fleshy fish, fish and, it, and it's, caught, it's caught under big leafy palms, which is where they sit in the summertime. Yeah. That's how they catch and, Yeah, they throw a net over it and the fish in the evening come up under the palms and feed off the palm. Then they just bring the net up and catch it. Wow. And a little bit like Majorca, Malta has a vineyards as well. I've actually mm-hmm. never experienced Maltese wine. What would it be akin to? 
Is it more like Spanish wines or Italian wines or? Yeah, I mean, a mix of both, but also it has very much its own taste. I mean, we're a tiny island, as I said, but we have hundreds of vineyards and they, because of the different heights and whatever they are, they all have a certain like microclimate. And within that, they all use different grapes because the terroir is different. So, you know, we have some beautiful deep reds. We have some white rosé is very big here. And they're actually producing a sparkling, sparkling wine now. Yeah. 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 So yeah. a lot of people here drink Italian and French, old world and new world wines. It's all freely available here and lots of it. <laughs> How lovely. You've obviously done your research there, Zana. <laughs> oh. Over many, many summers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we can't actually move on from food. Right? So speaking about Maltese bread, it's just it's just beautiful. It comes from the shop. The butter goes next to it, and there's a half a loaf gone by lunchtime. Yeah. It's a sourdough base. It's, it's ah. just actually probably Malta's most prolific dish, national dish. Yeah. And the other thing we have here, which is a treat now, because we it's can't be getting yeah. too old to eat too many, um, is the pastizzi, which is a phyllo pastry stuffed with ricotta cheese or peas, and it's absolutely oh, delicious. Yeah. Um, you always need a second opinion you really to have two of those. Yeah. No, I haven't had lunch yet, and this is not helping me. <laughs> <laughs> we, Dave, you asked about the culture and stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, there's so much going on in Malta in respect to the arts. Um, we have always had large jazz festivals, music festivals, arts, contemporary art, graffiti, uh, you name it, we have them here. And there's a massive centre and movement that goes on here. And we mix, I mean, for example, we have every year the International Baroque Festival, which happens in January, uh, hosted mainly by the Manual Theatre and then you go to various locations around the Amaltese Islands to watch these beautiful pieces being played live. It's such a treat, and it brings people from all over the world. I didn't know there was so much to Malta. Well, there's more. I, I think it is sort of, <laughs> can I just say it's a little bit of a really hidden ignorant. gem. Yeah. You know, for, for many people, particularly from the UK and Ireland, they certainly have explored the Balearics or Spain, you know, Italy. Is, but Malta is sort of, I certainly don't think I've really heard much about Malta in my early 20s and stuff. It's just one of, it's a little bit like Cyprus as well. It, it a very unique culture, but in some ways, I think even more of a gem in the Mediterranean because it's not as, in some ways, in a benefit, it's not so universally popular would I be right in saying that you don't have the mass tourism, which can really change the dynamic in certain places? Yeah, I mean, you're right, because Malta was always known originally by Brits and um, the Irish as uh, very much a bucket and spade destination, and I think it wore that hat for quite a long time. Yeah, it did. Uh, and then, of course, it's evolved through its own um, hard work and vision and has created this whole other experience, bringing in travellers of a completely different ilk who are experiencing amazing things. One amazing, uh, great thing about Malta is they all speak English. So uh, business is done in English. Yes. All your contracts are in English. So it makes life very easy. Why didn't we move there? <laughs> we went to the end and we stopped. Well, it, you know, it is one of the challenges in Majorca because Majorca has so many beautiful things to discover. But one of the challenges, even though tourism is very, very important, is they would like to push more of getting 
to be honest, the the higher end level of tourism because yeah. you know everybody the knows the stories of Magaluf um, and that kind of tourism, which doesn't doesn't portray the island very well and in some ways misses out some of the amazing experiences and beauty that is in Mallorca. You know, if you come all the way yeah. here and you. Okay been to Mallorca myself several times and yeah I have seen Magaluf went left but the rest of the country is stunning mm. I mean you know the beautiful mountains or rolling hills and the waters are stunning around the top of the island and you've got some lovely marinas there in Palma it's lovely yeah and there's so I much to explore down. that you know is a little bit more off the beaten track but possibly in Malta is even more accessible is it smaller island than Mallorca Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. It's much better. We, we're, we're three islands. Um, one is uninhabited, but we're Malta and Gozo. Uh, Gozo is less populated uh, with less buildings and whatever, but of course it has its own tourist attraction that's all full, full of beautiful farmhouses where you can stay. The Gozo Harbour has just been done up, and don't forget you can moor your boat there. In fact, they have large yachts going in, they do, yeah. and yeah. berthing there too. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the balance of, of Malta is it has, it has this great tourist attraction and a very high-end tourist attraction as well. And then it's golfed in history. I mean, parts of Malta is, is yes, it's going to get, it's getting higher around St. Um, Julian's area. But it's great for business. There's a lot of gaming companies here, a lot of head offices for gaming companies here. And, and Valletta is one extreme to another. So you can be in an apartment with a swimming pool. Um, up high or down low into an old townhouse in the centre of Valletta, which is a, it's like a walking museum itself to walk through Valletta. Mm, stunning. And then if you don't want the busy vibe of the city, you can choose still ch- still choose a more remote town like Rabat or even Ojara or wherever, where you've got much smaller communities. No, not, and not, not forgetting beautiful Mdina. Well, Mdina, of course, is the one of the old. It's the old capital. It's the old capital. And it still has its medieval streets and palaces and whatever. It's actually called the Silent City. Yeah. I think where Malta's been clever is that it's it's really showcased itself as a massive business destination with a with a real international feel, and there are so many international people living here. It's like a, a melting pot of cultures and uh, trends and you've just got this amazing set of people who live here and of course they attract tourism in themselves because of course everyone wants their family to come and visit when you're living in a beautiful mediterranean location yeah. <laughs> you've noticed that <laughs> yeah, yeah. the first year we moved here we saw more family when we first year here we did when back in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I, I was never so popular Funny, people, people just but do you remember me i sat beside you on a bus once i thought we'd come and visit yes <laughs> it's so obvious isn't it yeah. uh, well, that's we're not the only ones <laughs> no. the, the whole, uh, i have to ask how how have has the magazine coped with the the covert situation and how has malta coped as well yeah, good question uh, well the magazine um I suffered a little bit. I mean, it's just one of the examples, but there's a massive hotel. Um, should I say the name of the hotel now? There's a big hotel just opened up here, complete refurbishment. Many, many millions of pounds spent on it, ready to open in January and had to close because of all the marketing had been stopped and the flights had been stopped. So I, I think as far as print goes, we've 
We've delayed it to the end of the year, possibly October. We'll have issue seven come out. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't want to have a, a smaller magazine, a cheaper one. We still want to keep 180 pages. We want to keep the integrity of Temple Magazine at its at its level. Um, but we have done a lot of online work for businesses just to keep them going, to help them out. And um, we started doing podcasts for them as well, Temple Talk to Malta. So we, we, we've done that, had a good reaction on that as well. Well, and it's an interesting different, you know, form of interviewing, which would be presumably what you would normally do in the magazine, but to switch it from, you know, print to audio, but still be able to talk with people and, you know, keep that side going and relevant as well. Plus, it is a different experience, and we found it, it gave a lot of businesses a voice, and mm-hmm. you could, you know, as well as to read about them, hear about them, um, you could actually hear them uh, as a one-to-one on, on the headphones, and it was good for them, and they had a good reaction on the podcast. Yeah, and audio, as you know, um, plants a real deep connection, particularly through podcasts, and we found that uh, podcasts are relatively new here in Malta, and it's just starting to pick up, so the people who have, you know, jumped in with us and uh, got on board with the, to doing podcast interview have really reaped the benefits because there is a podcast listening nation here and yet we're not, you know, it's done well, hasn't it? It, it has done well. I mean, the podcast is a win-win because it allowed us to keep Temple brand out there, keep it live. And it also allowed the business to be out there as well, live. Because if somebody was, even they wanted to put it going to print, the print just wasn't theirs. But yeah. it's all a set of headphones and a Wi-Fi to listen. And of course, if anybody wants to hear Temple Talk, they can find them on yachtcast.me because I believe you're included in there as well. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. And thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting increase. Uh, certainly, we've seen it as well of the podcast market also in, in the yachting and the super yacht world. Mm. A year ago, when we started uh, podcasting and putting our interviews into podcast form, you know, it was still very much kind of a new concept where a year on, it is not so much a new concept. And, you know, globally as a platform, it's growing because some of it is people are busy um, and you can, you know, be driving or washing up or whatever and still tune in and listen and that direct experience of listening to somebody's voice and their experience is um you know we've been doing it on radio for even, 100 years uh, even ikea has jumped in on on the bandwagon you can, can they? yeah you can now get the ikea uh, catalog in podcast <laughs> if you really wow, want to listen to nine hours of it <laughs> if, if you've got insomnia and yeah they they actually i think it was a great marketing ploy because people are talking yeah. about it and people are going okay Svenska gourd, 80 centimeters yeah. by 23 and screw number four <laughs> i have no idea how they did it but <laughs> what's next the yellow pages uh, i think the idea one must have a, a, a podcast with the just on the bits which are left over from the fat pack. So yeah, the, yes. the extra screws, you can, you know, yeah, I'm sure that I need to use those. Well, that screw that won't go in the hole the way the guy in the picture says it will. Or the leftover two or three you have that you think, I'm sure they're meant to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, very frustrating. <laughs> and for, for listeners who'd like to find out more about uh, Temple Magazine, um, you do have an online presence as well as uh, the podcasts. And um, looking around the Mediterranean and places like that, if they if they want to find out more, 
uh, where do they go? We have a, a website, which is templemagazines.com. Yeah, and we're Temple Magazines on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Do you want me to keep going? We're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, social that. media. And of course, you know, you can find us on Yachtcast. You can find us on other podcast directories that shan't be named. And of course, you can listen to our podcasts on our um, website too. And you can buy Temple if you're interested in having a copy. And all the information is there on our website. Just to uh, crystal clear on this. It's Temple Magazines as in plural? Yes. Yes. Okay. Temple Magazines, Vanessa on the end, magazines.com. Mark, Zana, thank you very much for joining us here on the crew mess. It was lovely to find out more about Malta. It truly is one of those hidden gems that, you know, we know a little bit about, but it was fantastic to hear more about it. Can I just say how weird it is when you're being interviewed and you're normally the people who do the interviewing? Isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Super Yacht Radio, making you feel good all day long. This is the wrong way around. Guys, thank you so much again. Enjoy your heat wave. Uh, You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Thanks for being with us.